are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse. Short stories of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. Time is flying by, but I am managing to squeeze out these episodes. Uh, we are in September. There's not much of September left because... Uh, Time is just whizzing by so fast, um, but I have the first episode, first story here for you, and then uh, next week I will pump out another story uh, slash episode uh, to uh, finish off the two episodes for this month. We're going to get some good stories here um, before the end of the year. Again, just pointing out, I greatly appreciate your support of the podcast. Um, you can do that at patreon.com slash the dark first. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the dark first. This is really the only way, the only funding I get for doing this podcast. Otherwise, everything is free. Everything you get here is just my heart open for you guys in the world of horror. So um, that Patreon page is really my way of trying to get an income for my content and uh it's it's you know it's basically just you guys giving me a pat on the back um for for a good job um so i can continue to do this and uh so you guys can continue to enjoy it all right here we go this is episode 95 of the dark verse and it is entitled the midnight magician the Sacronomus, its face and body of black shards jutting forth, and its eyes of red crystal, impartially watched from its throne as I performed an act of transmogrifying juggling. Simple, smooth balls of silvery metal effortlessly circled into the air from hand to hand, before whirling and warping into different beasts and entities that continued the pattern above my hands without further need of force. A low harmonic pulsated into the air, initiating a cadence, while dancing imps ascended from the floor and twirled around the display. I walked in front of the flying creatures and dissipated, my cloak and clothes dropping into a heap while shadow forms spun up from the floor that joined the imps in dance. After a few moments of cavorting, the shadows draped over the imps, melting away their flesh, leaving them as bones that spread out in connection to form a cohesive circle that rotated around and contained the stage. The entities in flight transformed into balls of fire that altered their trajectories and matched the rotation of the bones, varying their heights and circumferences to form a funnel. 
Within the rings of fire, my shadow dancers join together beneath my clothing to bring me back into form. The fireballs then, one at a time, plummeted into my figure. As my body was covered in flames, I warped into a fire elemental that rose in height and fierceness, while the circle of bones' circumference shrunk. Soon the spinning bones were at my feet and began to slide up my form into my fiery core. In finality, I, and all of my devices, exploded into a bouquet of red tendrils and wisps, leaving me in my original embodiment. I inclined my head and bowed deeply towards the Sequinomus. The spectral entities and twisted subjects of its court cheered with great satisfaction, but the Sequinomus was not so easily impressed. It clapped twice with its craggy hands the back of one hand into the palm of the other. It then pointed to a black astral portal that opened between us, a miniature universe of black stars and oscillating interstellar clouds. I walked into it. I woke up slouched in a chair alongside my wife. She lay in the hospital bed that had been her home for the last two years. The beeps of her monitors pierced the air. Hi, honey, I said to her and kissed her hand. I stood up and twisted my back to the left and then to the right and circled my head around a couple times to work out the kinks in each. The rest of my day went as usual. Go home, shower, eat, feed the cats, go to work, go home, change, go to my wife. We had no children and we had few friends. I would read books or watch some television, but all of my free time was spent sitting beside my wife, waiting, willing her to wake up from her coma. Before I knew it, I was again drifting off into slumber beside her. I opened my eyes to a sea of translucent black spreading out infinitely from beneath my feet. Hovering over this sea were innumerable black astral portals similar to the one I entered the previous night to awaken. Using eyes within myself, an altered form of unconscious thought, I sifted through the portals with immense speed until I found the one I was looking for, and when I found it, it appeared alone before me atop the eerie sea. I walked into it. My essence phased into being within the Sequinomus castle. I began walking to my lair at the top of the northeast tower to prepare my spells for the evening's performance. Magician, someone called to me from behind. I turned around and saw the chamberlain walking my way. He had deep, viridian flesh and a long, skinny nose. He was draped in a stark violet robe with a thick, twisted gold necklace that lay on top of it. Yes, chamberlain, I said. The Sequinomus will be seeking a new magician for its court, the Chamberlain said, averting his eyes from my own. It has grown weary of your acts. After tonight's performance, you must depart from the castle and not ever return. There is not a magic great enough to move the Sequinomus, I replied. I will beckon my servants to retrieve my things and prepare something special for tonight. Very well the official said. Your arts are truly dazzling. If it were my court, you would be long appreciated, 
Good luck, magician. The chamberlain turned and walked back towards the throne room. Tonight is the night, then, I thought to myself. As I approached the front door of my lair, I snapped my fingers and a short, stout imp appeared at my side. Its skin was a dark mustard and it wore a black cloak. Fedler, I told it, take another of my servants and put my archon chest just outside of the throne room and wait there until my act begins. Yes, magician, the creature said in a scratchy voice, keeping its head hung low. Shortly thereafter, I walked into the middle of the throne room along with Fedler and another imp that dragged the archon chest and left it behind me. The Sequinamus looked on with its piercing red eyes. It raised a hand and flicked two fingers in a downward arch in my direction, gesturing for me to begin my final performance. I made a gesture of my own with the hand and the lid of the archon chest flipped open. Without taking my gaze away from the Sequinamus, I reached down behind me into the chest and pulled out a petrified spider web. I raised it up so that the master of the castle could fully take it in, and then I tossed the web disc at its feet. As it came to a stop, it glistened brightly with a burst of light. When the light had faded, webbing as sturdy as stone blockaded the patronage of the hall from their master and myself. The Sequinamus and I alone had access to one another. I have learned the dark forces of this place, where consciousness flees and chaos commands, I spoke. I have knowledge of an unseen universe, but I have more specific, more profound knowledge of a whole world, of magics and of sciences that hold true only in this realm, this dream. There is a life to be had here, to be had and then forgotten, but not to be held. You have held this for too long, and you must let go, and since it is not in your disposition, I will rip it from you. I will tear it from you with powers that not even you can imagine. You have spent your time in idle covetousness, while I have gleaned the wisdoms of the eons. Now you shall bow before your subjects, to your subjects, and relinquish your worthless crown. The Sequinamus stared at me with its same disapproving countenance, unmoved to speak. I pulled from the Archon chest a quasi-glove. Instead of slipping over the hand, it stretched onto the hand over the palm and the underside of each finger, anchored by pockets at the fingertips. The backside of the hand and fingers remained uncovered. Once secured on my hand, I bent my fingers and thumb, creating a C, causing the Sequinamus to crumple off of its throne to its hands and knees. Still, the Sequinamus did nothing but stare up at me, but now it winced within. I could sense it. I could sense it reeling in mortification. For two years, I continued, I learned the ways of sorcery in this place. The same two years that you have ruled this blight on the map of astral anomalies. Tonight, this reverie of fantastical plague ends. Again, I reached down into the Archon chest. This time, I produced a chunk of a crystalline element with needle-like extrusions all around it. I threw this item at the Sequinamus as well, causing it to shatter upon it. In that moment, 
Words were spoken to me from a distant universe hidden within the sea of astral portals and heard within my mind like a prayer to an omnipotent being. I spoke them. Death is dreaming. The webbed immurements became brittle and collapsed, and all of the denizens contained behind them ran with frenzy towards the Sacronomus. Each and every one of them pushed from behind the next, fighting the others around it viciously, savagely forcing its way to the ruler. The horde plastered itself around the black mass that was moments before its overseer, and dug at the shard flesh. These enchanted maniacs, clawed with hand and nail, dagger and armor, ghostly limb and telekinetic reach to rip the stone from their master. Blood poured from wounds both self-inflicted and externally sustained, but the scales of stone began to peel away. Piece after piece and chunk after chunk of black stone came free from the Sacronomus. An astral portal formed above the mutilating scene, and, not a moment later, expanded until the entire realm was effaced. I woke up to my wife screaming, a scream of supreme horrification. She uncoordinatedly flailed her arms and yanked off her ivy line. When she noticed me sitting there beside her, her scream curled further into a pandemonium vomit of terror, and she clumsily hurtled herself out of the bed, crumpling upon the floor under atrophied limbs. From her lips, jumbled whispers barely emanated the audible, fear-stricken utterance of The Magician. Her wide eyes dismembered my love and concern for her, casting them aside like the words of a liar. This gaze cut through me, leaving me forevermore, in both her dreams and her reality, the monster that was her executioner. That concludes episode 95 of The Dark Verse. If you want to listen to and or download the past episodes, you can do so at thedarkverse.com, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes. Just search for The Dark Verse and you will find all of the stories. Also, please consider supporting the podcast on a monthly basis you can do so by going to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash the dark verse i'll see you next week with another story catch you then all stories on the dark verse are the sole property of shark child and cannot be used for distribution publication or monetary gain without his written consent sleep deeply and remember to love